Hop back into the van, kids, because we've got candy. And puppies. And puppies here at the Mr. Machine Diaries <laughs> podcast. <laughs> this is, of course, the uh, not to catch a predator, this is the Mr. Machine Diaries. And uh, it is dedicated to the dissection and dissemination of every episode of Mystery, Mystery Incorporated. Incorporated, all the way from the very beginning. And uh, as always, I am your faithful host, Brad, and I am joined by a pup named Chris, who wants some candy now. I do. Now I'm hungry. Well. And a puppy. Well, there's puppies outside. Oh, there are. Where's Max? Is he outside. around? Yeah, we usually have to lock him out for the podcast. He gets too excited. He uh, gets our, excited. Our, our puppy mascot, other than Scooby-Doo, is, of course, a pup named Max, who is our white German Shepherd Husky, who lives with us and who likes to eat microphones, so he stays outside sometimes. Yeah. How you doing, Chris? I'm doing all right. How are you? I am pretty dang good. Good. Now, we also, of course, have our producer, Daniel, our meddling producer. Zoinks! Thanks for coming, Producer Daniel. He's the one that puts it all together and makes us sound almost human. Or close enough. Close enough. Good enough for government work. Now, we're just going to jump into the pool of Scooby-Doo right now because we want to get right to it. We're going to hop right into this episode. Just hop. We're just going to hop right in. Doing it live. Scooby-Doing <laughs> it live. Uh, which we'll be doing soon enough, so keep an eye out. But before we do that, hey... Uh, Chris, where can they find us? Uh, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at the Mystery Machine Diaries. Uh, and you can find the podcast itself on Apple Podcasts, uh, Anchor.fm, and Spotify. Or just, you know, type Mystery Machine Diaries into the old Google box and see what happens. Might be worth the Google. Might. And we want you to slide into our DMs and uh, tell us how you're enjoying the show. Yeah, let us know. <laughs> Hopefully you're enjoying it. <laughs> uh, it's just so everyone out there knows. It's it's uh, a pup named Chris. It's our it's our anniversary. Today. Oh yeah, it is. Look at that. Three years. Three three years of solving mysteries. Solving mysteries and um, monsters of the weeks. I'd say also. <laughs> that, that is very true. <laughs> uh, many of the bars we go to, uh, many monsters, <laughs> trolls, and gnomes. Yeah, the occasional gnome. The occasional gnome. Uh, good segue, Chris, to our latest episode, which is episode eight, The Grasp of the Gnome. Gnome, gnome, gnome. And it uh, debuted August 30th, 2010. And a marvelous month and year it was. Uh, I didn't know you yet. 2010? When, when in 2010? 2010. Yeah, yeah. No, no, Chris. We did not know each other yet. I didn't even live in L.A. I was back up in the Bay Area at this point. Yeah. I was barely uh, I was barely getting out of school. Oh. Yeah. Your beer school. Yeah, I was I was in beer school or, or had just wrapped up beer school at that point, depending on when in the year. I did know Producer Daniel, though. That is, uh, we met about a year before that at a certain studio. Oh, dang. You guys have known each other a lot longer than I thought. Yeah. Good yeah, for you, yeah. producer Daniel, for um, sticking around with him that long. Yeah, I, I am impressed. He had some downtime in between. Yeah, to yeah that happens. Clear the palate, you know. Mm. Small doses. Mm. <laughs> I don't like where this episode is going already. <laughs> uh, all right, so we start off at the Renaissance Fair in Crystal Cove because why not? 
a renaissance fair is a perfectly good place to start any episode of any TV show. It's an awesome place to start any episode of any TV show. Have you been to a renaissance fair before? I have. It's been a pretty long time, but... I went several times um, as a kid and probably once or twice as like a high school age kind of Did you of dress person. up? Um, no, not really. I, I didn't have the interest in cosplay at that point that I do now, nor the uh, like creativity or means to put together a costume. I remember as a kid really wanting to rent, like you can, you can rent fancy costumes and they'll kind of do you up in whatever outfit you want, but it was quite expensive. My parents were like, yeah, you could, you're fine in jeans and a t-shirt. Um, <laughs> You'll be but, the anachronism. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I would love to go sometime in full costume. be awesome. That sounds terrible. Yeah, I'm into it. Uh, Daniel, have you ever been to a Renaissance Fair? He, he shakes, shakes his head, head no. no. No, this is not... Uh, the, the uh, Do Hispanics care for Renaissance Fairs? They do? Turkey legs. Yeah, I was just going to say, I mean, All who right. doesn't want to like eat a turkey leg off his the mo- bone? His motioning of a turkey of leg was pretty amazing. Yeah. Um, his ale, face lit up. Wenches. Whoa. Gambling. Whoa. Um, yeah, you guess. can like yell and spit at people and stuff and like. Shame. You know, watch the, the knights battle and jousting and stuff. Ah, it's cool. I think you'd like it. I think you'd like it. All right. Well. Maybe. There's some like big beefy hot guys in armor. Sold. Yeah, there you go. Let's go. All right. Is there one now? <laughs> <laughs> well, there's one back up near my hometown every year. That's one of the biggest in California, up at Casa de Fruta in um, San Benito County, which is like right next to Hollister, where I grew up. Okay. But yeah, they they um Flashback. they had one. Yeah, they had one of the most successful ones, and it was such a big deal that. I don't know, a decade or more ago, they made it kind of a permanent thing there every year. And it used to travel around all over California, but they found like a they found their forever home oh. in Casa de Fruta. Oh. Yeah. Casa we'll all find our forever homes at Casa del Fruta. <laughs> now people who need a forever home would be Ben and Jen, the two people, the two kids we first meet in the episode who are uh, at the Renaissance Fair. And Ben and Jen, of course, Ben Affleck, Jennifer Garner, mm-hmm. of course. So they uh, <laughs> once again. This is why I love the show. They like to throw these things at us. Uh, ben is all excited because he's wearing a pirate costume at the Renaissance Fair, and it's a pretty cool pirate costume. And uh, but Jen is, is is not too enthused because she says there's no place that they don't fit the theme of the Renaissance Fair. And uh, Ben responds by saying that the Renaissance Fair is boring and pirates are more fun. Mm, debatable. Mm. Give us your thoughts on uh, on Facebook and Instagram. Are pirates more fun than a Renaissance fair? I this think is, pirates have more fun. This is a strange um, like mashup. I don't know if this is really a thing, but I've never heard of this like pirates versus Run Renaissance. Fair. Yeah, knights versus pirates or something. I'm into it though. I, I sure, yeah. I've I've never heard of this rivalry though. Pirates versus ninjas. Sure, everyone knows about that, but. Sure. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a Daniel thing. That's an established thing. Like, if you've been on the internet any time in the last 10 years, you know pirates versus ninjas. But pirates versus knights? I don't know. Well, Scooby-Doo is its own thing. That's true. <laughs> and we're part of it. We're doing it. And uh, someone who else who doesn't care for pirates is uh, the gnome. This little demon gnome who uh, attacks poor Ben, surprises him, and uh, out of nowhere, out. hopping, oh, yeah, hopping just, around, swinging with his little on top ropes little and creepy. Stuff. 
gnome hat. He is really scary. He is really creepy. Gnomes are creepy. He's very um, strangely proportioned too. He looks kind of like an ape or something. Like he has big, long arms and hands. And he short, looks like legs. I'm gonna take it back a bit. He looks like Ram Man from He Man. There you go. Even better. Yeah. Uh, with his little stubby legs. Yeah. And a big, big, giant torso. Mm-hmm. And of course, the scary pointy hat. And apparently, the power to freeze. Glowing people. hands. Glowing yeah. hands. Everyone needs glowing hands. Yeah, and he he grabs, what was it, Ben? And uh, you get this kind of weird purple effect, like, creeping up his arm. Yes, and, then, and you and see, like, he's, veins he's and stuff. He's petrified, yeah. So, mildly traumatic yeah. for a Ren Yeah, doesn't look fun. Well, we could all use the rest, really. <laughs> uh, and cut to credits, and here we go. Later that day, uh, we see Lord Barry, who's uh, welcoming people to the Royal Knights Fair, is what it's called. He's like the fake king. Right, like yeah, the yeah. Yeah, officiant of the Ren Fair. And he, he's antagonizing anyone dressed as a pirate. So I love him already. And then we see uh, Gil Littlefoot. Great name. It's and a very he's, Game of Thronesy. He's the He's the court jester. And um, he is voiced by someone who I should have written down. Is and, it the uh, voice of Littlefoot from the Land Before Time it series? It is not, but I don't, I'm wondering if that's a Littlefoot reference to Land Before Time because it's very specific. I mean, if you're, I think it's Jeffrey Tambor. Jeffrey Tambor is the voice. Oh, of, really? Oh, of, that would yeah. that would make sense. Grumpy old guy. Yeah. So perfect. yes, uh, Jeffrey Tambor, very famous actor, comedic actor. He's been me tooed. I think I don't know if we can talk about him. Has he? Yeah, yeah, that's oh. why he, he was kicked off his show. Oh, yeah, that's right. There where was he a plays whole thing. Uh, transparent. <laughs> well, he's not right. transparent. Well, I mean, that was the show. Yes. But, yeah. He plays a transsexual. Which, it's a uh, whole other podcast. It is. Perhaps. But we're all in favor of all, all walks of life here at the Mystery Machine Diaries. Absolutely. We don't care what you have or what you're born with as long as you listen. Or if it's a mystery. Subscribe. And you're still and figuring if it's it out. A mystery, then, yes. Yeah, this is a, a safe well, place jinkies. for us all to enjoy Scooby Doo and solving a, mysteries. Yeah, it's a safe place. I like that. Thanks, Chris. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Crystal Cove is not a safe place. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Crystal Cove is not a safe especially the Ren Fair, uh, it's not a safe place. But yeah, Gil Littlefoot is the court jester. And uh, we see his wife, who is uh, the queen of ye olde fair. And uh, she is... The queen is, bee. She, and not be like Queen Bee Beyonce, like like the other rude no. words. She is bee. a Zoftig woman. Uh, and her name <laughs> is Amanda Littlefoot. And she likes to uh, hit her husband over the head with her scepter, which has a glowing jewel in it. It's very Punch and Judy. Wow. Yeah. Describe what Punch and Judy is for the kids at home. That Punch don't know and that Judy is, is a uh, a minstrel show from back in the old timey days. Um, I don't know, like how far back, but probably hundreds of years. And it's it's if it's, it's a it's, day. Yeah, exactly. And it, it's it's like a it's a a puppet show. They're puppet characters, and I don't know, like all I really know is that Punch beats up Judy all the time. Whoa! Or Judy whoa, beats up Punch. Whoa, I'm not sure. Right? They're always smacking yeah. each other in the head with scepters well. and stuff. It's like a slapsticky. It's like 1600s um, abuse. I was gonna say uh, <laughs> the Three Stooges, but marriage counseling. Yeah, you know, a slapstick comedy's been funny forever. Well, in between domestic abuse, uh, <laughs> Scooby and Shaggy walk into the Ren Fair dressed as pirates, and uh, of course, talking about food, Velma is dressed as Velma. She yeah, they all have great <laughs> costumes, except Velma's just Velma. She's, we she's got what was it, Sir Shaggy? Not having it. Uh, it's dog beard. 
dog and, beard. And uh, what's Shaggy's name? I don't recall. He's got a he's got a piratey name though that he's going by the whole episode. But they're very excited to be pirates, and there's a whole direct to DVD movie about them being pirates. So probably a. Uh, I think it's Pirates Ahoy. If you're digging this movie, go check yeah, out Pirates Ahoy. Yeah, if you Ahoy. love Pirates, um, you can get even more. Check your Boomerang app. I think it's on there. Okay. I'll watch it. Uh, but yeah, Velma is Velma. And uh, f- Fred looks amazing. Fred comes in with his armor and his ascot. He looks like he's straight out of um, World of Warcraft. Like when you get your first decent set of armor, but you don't have all the matching pieces, so you've kind of put a few other things in there. He's got like the big pauldron like shoulders. Oh, and stuff. this is the second time you've used the word pauldron. Well, on the if show. they keep throwing cool pauldrons in on the pauldrons. show, I'll keep pointing it out. Pauldrons with cauldrons. He looks awesome. That's our next podcast. He looks awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Write that down. I like that. He uh, he does look great. He looks uh, Fred never quite not dashing. Looks, yeah, he looks pretty good all the time. And Vel- and uh, Velma and uh, the lovely. Fair Maiden Daphne is also looking pretty out of sight. She takes the uh, Renaissance cake with this outfit. She, she is, does. She's she knows serving how to Rapunzel Princess Castle fantasy realness for everyone. And she it's, just had that. Her, she just had that in her closet. Oh yeah, ready absolutely. To go. One of her sisters is probably a Renfair actual princess that she borrowed it from. Probably, but <laughs> it has one of my favorite lines of of the whole episode, where uh, Daphne asks Fred. Uh, did you notice my outfit? And he says, I don't even understand the question. <laughs> <laughs> so great. I, I couldn't tell if that was just like really incredible deflection <laughs> or if he really is that clueless, but it's pretty awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even understand the question. That needs to be on a T-shirt. Uh, and then, uh, that, then that's we, my response to any woman <laughs> asking me what I think about her outfit from I now on. I don't even understand the question. Abs- yeah. Write that down, Daniel. That'll be good for your girlfriend. <laughs> Friend of the pod. Marcy. It is still Marcy, isn't it? Oh, good. I've Bye, also Marcy. known her for many years. Oh, right on. Since I have I had the, the pleasure of meeting Marcy. She is yet. wonderful. She's a wonderful woman. Um, and uh, maybe she'll be on the podcast one day. Sure. She's flying. Yeah, she travels the world doing uh, adventure things for people. That sounds perfect for the podcast. Yes, she can take us with her on okay. adventure. We can do a remote segment from the Himalayas, I, or you know, wherever mysteries need solving. I've always wanted to go to Gatorberg. Oh, that's right. Yeah, you know, I hear there's a Gator resurgence there. <laughs> the Gator economy is coming back. Artisanal, free range, uh, cage free, organic Gator goods. I could use a new belt. Yeah. I could use a gator suit. (laughs) Back to the episode at hand. Chris is actually (laughs) thinking about getting these things. I I, I spaced out there thinking about the gator boots that I want, yeah. Every time we go by a store and there's gator or snake boots, he's... Okay, it's not. He is, it's like the beginning of Christmas Story when Ralphie is looking at the BB gun well, up, in the window. Gator and snake print are really hot this season. It's not my no. fault that it's everywhere and always looks great. Well, what's also not your fault is the ambulance that comes in to take poor Ben away. And uh, Jen is trying to explain to the mayor and Sheriff Stone about the gnome attack, but uh, they don't really care. <laughs> Sheriff Stone is not really helpful. This they're particularly callous in uh this scene. They're like very much straight up like don't care, don't disturb the Ren Fair, we're making money. Gnome sounds like a good tourist draw. 
It's true. Like like straight up, uh, sorry about your boyfriend, but we're making money. But yeah, the boy. We see the boyfriend being taken to the ambulance. Uh, Producer Daniel, he's being taken to the ambulance, and uh, one of the ambulance drivers looks a lot like a character from a TV show from the seventies called Emergency. Uh, that crazy emergency beat. This was ER before it was ER. I've never seen this show, and I love it already from the theme song. And uh, just take a look at take a look at the cast right there. Oh They're yeah, so so Brad is showing me a side by side of the EMT driver and the lead actor from Emergency and <laughs> spit an image. That's definitely what they're going for. That's awesome. And it's also a Warner Brothers show, so they're playing in their own sandbox as okay. usual. Uh, the character uh, was based on. You'll love the name of the character from Emergency was John Gage. John Gage, pretty. Pornorific. I was just gonna say, yeah. it was was this a a seventies thriller television show or a seventies <laughs> uh, uh, adult film? You heard that song. <laughs> uh, we still didn't answer my a, question. We actually have a friend named Gage. So we do. We do. Yeah, he's a delight. Hi, Hopefully Gage. he's listening. Hi, Gage. Uh, and and the and the actor who played him, his name was Randolph Mantooth. So that's not just, any better. That, I mean, <laughs> slash also much better. It's like much that's better. Great. Uh, wow. But the, <laughs> We're having fun on this episode. Uh, the gang interviewed Jen and learn about the attack, but Velma doubts that it's consistent with gnome mythology. So oh, that's right. Yeah, her first behaviors. thing is like, that doesn't sound like a gnome. Maybe a goblin or some a other. Sprite a, or a sprite, perhaps a troll. Not a gnome. So she's, But it's quickly clarified as, no, 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 this is an evil gnome. And she's like, oh, well, that follows oh, then. That, makes that tracks. I didn't, okay, I didn't know there was a difference between... They were different, like flavors of gnome, what flavor or species, or something. I don't, I don't You're know. the one that plays Warcraft. Are there gnomes in we Warcraft? Used to play with. Yeah, there are, and they're they're good guys. Oh, though there's yeah. not like, uh, uh, as far as I know, different species. Also, much you know, you think of a gnome as like garden gnome size. Like a pretty defining feature of a gnome is that they're tiny, and this gnome is not tiny, even with his weird proportions. He's at least as tall as an average human. Yeah. Yeah. He's very sprightly and hoppy. He likes to jump around. Gnomely. Gnomely. If you were sprightly, be a sprite, like Daphne said. Uh, Velma has an idea to check with her mom, because uh, her mom uh, knows all about these kinds of things, and she has a uh, vending stand at the Ren Fair, so they're going to go check in with Momsy. Bit of an untapped resource. Right. Um, if her mom is a, a mythology expert, which definitely tracks since she runs the uh, the like Supernatural Museum in town. Right. Like I don't, I don't know why they're not hitting her up for advice all the time. Because she believes everything's real. She doesn't want them to uncover the that they're fake. Yeah, but because oh, she also makes money off it. Right, but a lot of the these parents guys, are terrible. Oh, so she might not be willing to help. <laughs> right, right, right. But, but in in this case, you know, she's she's a little helpful. Hey, Mumsy, your customers might be being murdered. Let's figure it out. <laughs> that wasn't a line from the episode. Should have been. Uh, Scooby and Shaggy are excited because. Uh, Nearby the shop is an ice cream moat, which sounds disgusting. And amazing. And they eat out of the ice cream moat. Well, remember when we got that giant ice cream sundae at Farrell's? If you've never had the joy oh. of ice cream at a um, Farrell's ice cream shop in Southern California, there aren't many left. But we They're got, all gone now. We got a... Oh, that's really too bad. Just like a, a, a reasonable like sundae. 
you know, from the, from the menu. And when they brought it, it was like a, a trough of ice cream that three of us could not finish. It was amazing. It was huge. It was so great. So if it's anything like that, I it can see like why It was like Bill Ted's Excellent Adventure when they go and get the Ziggy Piggy or whatever it's called. But real life. Ziggy Piggy, Ziggy Piggy. <laughs> they ate the pig. Yeah, it's Bill just and Ted like should be on the show somewhere. They'd be a good cameo. Are Maybe they? they are. Maybe they are. We'll find out. Watch along with us, won't you? Maybe we can get them to be on the podcast. Bill and <laughs> Yes, maybe Keanu Reeves isn't doing much right now. You don't know how He's big a fan of Scooby-Doo he is. It's true, I don't. Yeah, he might be really into it. Dude, and he can't. seems like such a nice guy. Correct, and I'm sorry. Yeah. I apologize. We'll try. We'll try. Yeah, we'll, we'll make the reach out. But uh, Angie, the mom, uh, encourages Velma uh, about gnomes, gnome mythology, and she's also confused. Gives her a book about uh, gnome things. And Velma's also upset because we're, she's still on the Shaggy train, upset that Shaggy won't show her the attention that she wants. And uh, <laughs> Velma's mom offers to kill Shaggy, which is great. Yeah, straight up. Poison right. he, she she mentioned something about yeah, figuring their relationship out or something, and her mom just kind of offhandedly is like, oh, yeah, well, we can poison him. Zoinks! Yeah. yeah. She's like, Mom, she's like, haha, just kidding. Or am I? I no, I am. Yeah. I don't or think she I? was kidding. No, she's not. She's Yeah, she has some, some evil recipe that she could put in grog or something. Yeah, it sounded like a very, like, arcane kind of thing. It was like, oh, you just mix some nightshade leaves with some belladonna extract and Jeez. put that in his evening tea. <laughs> I don't know. We're, we're really digging into this episode more <laughs> than they're giving us. But it's okay. It's what we do here. We're having fun. We're, we're, we're palling yeah. around here. Uh, there's two more victims that are loaded into the ambulance. And finally, the mayor agrees that something should be done about the gnome. Panic is spreading. People just are no so, longer uh, feeling good at the run fair. But the mayor just wants to know how to maximize the sales potential of said gnome. Well, and he is upset and kind of gives them permission to like actually solve things. But at no point is it uh, even considered of like... Shutting the Ren Fair down or sending everyone home. Exactly. So. And while Fred and uh, Mayor Dad, that's what they call him, Mayor Dad, uh, are ta- Daphne discovers a pink earring from uh, the hand of one of the paralyzed pirates. A glowing pink oh, right. earring. Uh, and the gang compares notes. Velma reveals that the information from her mom offers no comparable scenario involving a gnome. And Daphne shows everyone the earring, and Fred concludes the owner is likely the person responsible for the attacks. And we also, at, th- at this point, have we figured out the pattern of the victims? Pirates. Yes. So only pirates, <laughs> only pirates. Are, are getting attacked and paralyzed at this run fair. Which there's a lot of pirates at this run fair. Again, which brings me back to this weird, like, I didn't know dressing like a pirate at a run fair was a thing. And then there's a montage of, like, half a dozen people getting gnomified. A bunch of people get attacked. Yeah. yeah. And uh, the gnome just is on a freezing spree of, of every pirate costume victim. Um, and the gay. And gang Scooby <laughs> and Shaggy are getting worried because they're, yes, the, only ones they're still in the only ones left dressed, dressed, dressed as pirates. I don't know why they didn't just change their clothes. No. Or why is Daphne immune from attack? Or not Daphne, uh, Velma, if she's not in costume whatsoever? Good question. But all the all the victims have been taken to the Mermaid Theater because there's so many of them. They keep them in a theater now. Yeah, they can't they can't fit them in the hospital anymore. So they're just like putting these like horrendously frozen, twisted bodies in theater seats and making them watch a movie. And they're watching a movie about a guy who has to choose between his love and his dog, 
which is pretty on the nose for what's going on in the episode. Oh, that's right. It's Velma's, like a Velma's leading them or uh, helping get bodies into there. And the guy's like, I just, I don't know. I love my dog. And she's like, yeah, I can, I can relate. This is terrible. Come on. <laughs> it's just good timing is all that is. And uh, the gang's snooping around, and um, Shaggy and Scooby decide they're going to guard the concession stand, which I'm all for. That makes sense. Fred examines one of the victims, and uh, he pulls out a drill. Like he's going to drill into this human. That's right. He's got a big like circle punch drill, like he's going to take a gun. core sample out yeah. of the back of someone's skull or something. It's... Well, I'll post a picture on the f- on the Facebook page. It's, it's, it's literally bit, this gun it's a bit much. that has like this drill that would yeah for like a lobotomy or something to get a sample. Yeah, uh, which he gets by the way. So, retro. Yeah, we don't see exactly how that happens, but and um, Velma confesses that she and Shaggy have been seeing each other to Daphne and Fred, who are like, okay, we finally get some straight talk from Velma, and she, yeah, she's she's had enough, and she's straight up like, hey, so. And Daphne's super yeah. excited. Got to tell you what's she, going on. I've been she's like, not the only seeing. one now. Yeah. So Daphne's like, I thought so, but that's great. And I'm so happy for you. And Velma's like, yeah. And Daphne's kind of upset. She's like, oh, you aren't you aren't happy. And they, they kind of compare notes and they're kind of going through the same thing with their guys. And Fred but comes from kind in, of different angles. Fred comes in and is like, yeah, cool. Yeah, we're not going to worry about any of that right now. And basically, he says we have our whole lives to have these problems. Let's just let's just deal with this this one thing. That's right. He, he There's take, a rare a rare moment of wisdom from. Yeah, from he kind of takes the news strangely, and then is like, "Well, why would you date when we can just all be friends and we have this great thing going on?" And besides that, like, let's focus on the task at hand of people being paralyzed in this current mystery. And it's like, yeah, all so right, good all on right, you, Fred. All right, good yeah, on you, that kind of makes sense. So after allegedly murdering somebody in Crystal Cove to get oh, uh, some weird purple liquid out of the victim, <laughs> they the do victims. they do find some glowing purple goo, and uh, that is their clue. Oh, I'm going to show pr- uh, Professor Daniel, uh, <laughs> producer Daniel, the gun that's used. He's looking at the gun. It's very American Psycho, and he is perplexed at why anyone would use such a instrument. And they find out it's a jellyfish toxin, Daniel. That's what they've been paralyzing people with. They run some tests. In the and mystery the machine. Pur- and the purple goo is yeah. jellyfish toxin. And uh, it'll it'll keep them paralyzed until right after the Renfair ends. For a couple days, yeah. apparently. And Although the, this is kind of an interesting thing. I mean, does, did, they don't explicitly point it back at uh, Sheldon, the clam shack operator. But he is the only kind of fishy guy, and he is prominent in this episode selling clam huh. candy. A pup named Chris has a has a clue I never uncovered before. Yeah, he he would have been Just someone that together kind of sideways, but yeah, maybe that's where they got the jellyfish toxin from. Yeah, we don't maybe. know his nightlife. But if it was him, maybe he should have just put jellyfish toxin in the clam cotton candy. Because clearly knights of the round ugh, table and damsels in distress candy. won't be eating clam cotton candy, but pirates are all over it. Shaggy and Scooby are down with clam cotton candy. Everyone else thinks this is disgusting. It sounds disgusting. If anyone's had it, please let us know. <laughs> uh, the g- now the gang return to the fair to search for more clues, and Shaggy and Scooby witness an argument between Lord Barry and uh, Gil Littlefoot. Barry is furious that Gil is accepting of pirates, but Gil points out that he's in charge because Barry almost financially ruined the fair by uh, barring anyone with inaccurate costumes. Yeah, I mean... I get wanting your thing to 
be exactly what you want it to be. But if you're trying to run a business, you just need to take anyone's money. It's also very like gatekeeper e as you run into a lot in the nerd community of like, you can't be a part of this fandom because you want to do something stupid with it. It's like, just let people like what they like. Like once again, Chris looking deeper into the episode. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's this whole like toxic fandom kind of like thread that they're talking about with this. And, um, just like people who are established in something, even if it's not something that they made telling like other people who are what they can and cannot like. Just let people like things. Everyone's having fun. Thanks for that segment on uh, acceptance, yeah, Christopher. There you go. Oh, the more you know. <laughs> no, no, no. Well, the unaccepting Barry goes to uh, his room, and S- Scooby and Shaggy follow him and find out he's obsessed with pirates. And he is changing into a pirate outfit himself. Oh, that's right. He has a very. He, he is like, a thing he hates. Um. I don't know. I mean, I feel like this has got to be a, a reworking of a scene from a movie or something. Like, I don't know, Tootsie, where like putting on women's clothing or something. The vibe that I get from it is very like cross-dressing in shame when no one is watching. And this is what yeah. he's truly into and doesn't want anyone to know he's into pirates. And like Scooby says, I can't unsee that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then um, they, they, the gnome comes, you know, as gnomes of often course. do. And, uh, oh, that came out wrong. Uh, and uh, takes good old Barry, and he also gets Shaggy. Not Shaggy. Shaggy. Good old Shaggy, Shaggy Rogers. Uh, and it's about time Shaggy's the victim one of these times. Wow. Well, he's been pretty bulletproof the entire series. And generally speaking, Jeez. Shaggy and Scooby are invincible. I mean, they've well, done whole episodes about this in other iterations of sure, Scooby-Doo. They yeah. sure have. Uh, but Shaggy's gone now. They don't know where he is. And the gang is at a picnic table trying to plan their next move, and Scooby is freaking out. Uh, he's crying, and Daphne's trying to give him food, and he doesn't want food. He's pulling a Fred. He is. It's, it's his turn. To, it's his turn to have a complete breakdown. Like yeah. Uh, Velma sits across the table from Scooby and holds uh, the fake parrot that uh, Shaggy was wearing, and uh, she's holding the costume, and then uh, Scooby grabs it from her, and they have a little tug of war over this parrot. Mm-hmm. And it gets ripped in half, and they yell at each other, and then they start crying because they both miss Aww. Shaggy. Um, this show is pretty. T- this show is pretty deep. It's kind of uh, a talking yeah. dog mystery show. I'd also like to point out that um, since you reminded me with the parrot, we get our first um, scene of Shaggy actually using his ventriloquist skills. Because earlier in the episode, he makes the yes. parrot on his shoulder talk. He does. And we talked earlier about how he had the dummy and stuff, but we never saw him actually actually vin- yeah, vin- throw his voice with the means. dummy in the previous episode. And right as uh, Velma and Scooby are about to kill each other, Fred gets a call on his cell phone. It's Mr. E. About time. Fred has a giant, giant-ass cell phone. It's a 90s flip phone. And yeah. when Mr. E calls, his logo comes up, which is pretty cool. Producer Daniel looks... Quiz, quizzical, so I'm showing him a picture of said So scene. did Shaggy have the number and preload that picture in, or did Mr. E somehow like push his profile picture through? Because that's not how phones work. That's another mystery. Yeah. No, Producer Daniel's totally on my side on this one. That's okay. Huh. Well, now that we're past the technological how they did it. <laughs> okay, remember, I keep saying this, things need to make sense in this made-up cartoon universe for me. Uh, well, consistency. 
Something that makes sense is Velma is pissed at Mr. E, thinking that she that he's behind it, and she threatens him, which is oh, pretty yeah. cool. It is cool. She gets really aggressive and protective over Shaggy right now, like, and her and Scoob um, kind of bond a little bit over A little bit. A little bit, yeah. Uh, which will all be undone by the next episode, yeah, which is big time. upsetting. But uh, basically, Mr. E says, no, he's just there to give him a clue. He's there to point them in the right direction. He says, begin your search. At the end. end. Bum, bum, bum. Which is, like, such useless advice. <laughs> but Velma realizes they have, to, they have to check where Shaggy was last seen, basically. Yeah. So that's where they go. Uh, Scooby identifies where Shaggy was. They begin their search. Daphne accidentally falls through a hidden door in a tree. Oh, and Velma very dismissively is like, well, thanks a lot, danger-prone Daphne. Which is a great nickname and kind of a rude thing to be. Well, mean that's what about, they called her in the original series. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, in the fir- very I mean, first season. it's true. It follows. She is often kidnapped. Danger prone Daphne's at it again. Yeah. So it was a cute callback to the original okay, series. Okay. Okay. I ju- I which just, you saw as a super. I, big yeah, I just shade read it big. as super snarky, <laughs> as like something I would say. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, the tree is hollowed out with a ladder inside. Uh, they climb up the gang, discover a series of catwalks in the trees all over the fairgrounds. And tr- it's like the Ewok village, basically. Okay, how thick would the tree canopy have to be to cover up all of these catwalks from being seen from the ground? Like, you know, my this isn't Mythbusters, Chris. Just saying, like, you just These are up. Crystal Cove trees. Okay, okay. Well, they're all over, and they know that the gnome has used them to travel around the fair undetected. They dig a pit in the woods and cover it with... Uh, with se- with uh, stuff to uh, trap the gnome, the gnome trap, if you will. Mm-hmm. Fred and Velma wait for Daphne, who arrives after running an unspecified errand f- uh, involving bracelets. Cause it's oh, jewelry. that's right. She, they're like, she said she needed bracelets. All right, okay. When a girl needs her jewelry, you just let her go. She's very fashion forward, so we've, we've, you know, as long as it's not fake gator, she's fine. Because <laughs> she's allergic that's to right, that. That's right. Uh, the gnome tries to attack Scooby, but spots Fred, Daphne, and Velma before they can. T- uh, the trap can be sprung and escapes from the catwalks above. The gang go up the ladder, and Fred, Daphne, and Velma chase the gnome. Scooby finds Shaggy tied up uh, high in a tree and frees him, but a section of the catwalks collapses. And, and does Shaggy? Shaggy goes down. Right, they fall, and the gnome grabs at Daphne. Does to pull her down with the collapsing catwalk. Um, and we grabs think that's Daphne, it for Daphne, but she grabs she her by the wrist, grabs her by the wrist, which is his M.O. so far yes. for paralyzing people. Um, but she fights him off and he falls to his uh, doom. He well, is to the trap. He's very surprised that she's not paralyzed. Yeah. He grabs her wrists. Maybe she had Wonder Woman's bracelets. Well, she uh, rolls her sleeves back to reveal steel uh, like bracers that go up her forearms. So th- I'm giving that one to Wonder Woman. Yeah, no, it's, sure. It's a good Wonder Woman I forget moment. where her line is. She has some sort of sassy, like, I wore fancy bracelets. Take that, stupid gnome. <laughs> that's. I'm sure it's, you know. Surely a quote she, from she, the episode. She says it a little better than that, but that's, that's the uh, This is the that's top the quality you've come to expect from the Mr. Machine Diaries, <laughs> folks. Uh, <laughs> we leave no stone unturned. That's right. Uh, and eventually, uh, the gnome falls into the pit. Uh, Fred ties the gnome up and unmasks it to reveal. Well, have we talked about the suspects so far? Because this one actually was a was a, a good surprise. Uh, why I feel. don't Why don't we round up? Why don't, those why don't we round up the suspects list? So there's the um, Ken Grumpy Pants, 
<laughs> Lord Barry. Lord Barry, the the secret pirate. Uh huh. Um, there is Gil the, Littlefoot. The, the Gil Littlefoot, the um, the court jester. Yes. Who we need to add at this point is quite a tall, lanky fella. Yes, like jesters usually are. Uh, like jesters usually are, unlike the short, squat gnome. Sure. So, you know, we, we don't really think it's him because physically it doesn't work. Uh, perhaps his wife. The queen, Amanda. The queen, who is, who is grumpy and kind of fits the description. And she has the scepter with the purple jewel. Yes. And, uh, I think and you think it's... Uh, I think those are the three that the we're clam, kind of suspecting. The clam shack. Oh, and yeah, and maybe uh, Sheldon, the clam shack operator. Um, but, and at uh, this point, we're led but, to believe that it's going uh, to... Well, we know it's not... Um, Scooby. King Grumpy Pants, because at this point, towards the end of the episode, we see him and the gnome yes. in the same shot. They're like, oh, it's not... Doesn't here. mean they're not working together. That's true. That's true. Uh, my money at this point is on the queen, though. Producer Daniel, who do you think it was? He's He thinks it's King Grumpy Pants, He's, he which thinks is a fair King guess. Grumpy Pants. All yeah. right. Well, surprise, surprise. We're it's, all wrong. It's, it's Gil Littlefoot. It's Gil Littlefoot. Uh, Amanda arrives and demands an explanation, hitting him with her scepter again. Uh, you're punching Judy style. Yep. That was what we're going to call it now. Gil explains that he sought to frame her uh, for the gnome attack so he could become solely in charge and get control of her fortune. That's why he's... He, he, man, he, like, with under very little duress, gives the entire yeah, plan, they just throws his him. wife under the bus, and admits wanting nothing to do with her other than her money. Yeah, Velma notes that he's far too tall to be the gnome, forcing Gil to reveal that he has abnormally short legs and has always used special stilts to appear very tall. He's got this like weird so gross. prosthetic like from the waist down set of legs kind of things to add a good like To me that's cheating. Tight. To me it's that's wild. cheating in the episode. Like, oh okay, a prosthetics. Bit, yeah. Uh he points out that uh his presumed height gave him the perfect alibi, which we just discussed. And the Noma Taxon reveals that he planted uh, one of Amanda's earrings that uh, Daphne found in order to frame Amanda. Instead, Amanda gets the last laugh by pointing out uh, that she is actually taller than Gil and uh, hitting him again. Um, they <laughs> this is such an abusive episode. Yeah, Amanda gets the last laugh by pointing out that she is actually taller than Gil and uh, hitting him again. Sheriff Stone uh, is ticked off by Gil's true height. Repeatedly insulting him, calling him baby legs. Oh yeah, he's got some like really unnecessarily mean Jesus. baby legs being like one of the baby worst. Baby legs and little footy and shrimpo. Is. Shrimpo, that's the other one. Like I don't know if you can say that on children's television. This is uh, that, wow. Baby legs. Yeah, that's mean. It's <laughs> mean. Unnecessary. Uh, Mayor Jones expresses his frustration over the gang ruining another potential tourist attraction. Oi. Kind of why a mess. Why don't they just, just make kind of them mess. the attraction? I, I mean, at this point, yeah, teen mystery Give solvers. Give them their own show. Yeah, yeah, put them it, center see? stage. Daniel likes that idea. That makes a lot more sense. Yeah, give them their own reality show, Mystery Incorporated. Ah, there you go. Come on, Mayor Dad. Uh, but with the mystery solved, the gang plan to enjoy the final evening of the fair when uh, Fred, Shaggy, and Scooby become excited by bizarre attractions and concession stands, they run off. Daphne offers encouragement to Velma before chasing Fred. And Velma generally relaxes and smiles for once. Yeah. That's we, nice. we get a very nice, like, you know, Daphne kind of don't give up because she's finally making headway with Fred. Um, 
and Velma. Velma, it's, it's been an up and down in this episode with her relationship with Shaggy. I feel. But Although right, I, well, they're a little more on on stable ground. At least they came out like they told everyone that they're they dating, sure did. Finally, everyone uh, except for Scooby. We should note. Grr. Yeah. <laughs> Baby legs. Uh, <laughs> okay, <laughs> shrimpo. The shrimpo, little footy. Um, but Velma, her moment of relaxation is short-lived as she is bumped into by someone dressed as an executioner. And uh, she tells him off. He body checks her. And she's like, um, excuse me. Yeah, she's like, rude much. Uh, he drops a package that she uh, picks up, and it bears the seal of our good friend. Mr. E. Mr. E. And finds a mysterious note inside that reads, don't give up. This has all happened before. Bum, bum, bum. He could have just told them that on the phone call they had earlier. He's very dramatic. Yeah. And I, I applaud his decisions I do respect and his that. timing. His timing is impeccable. I do want a wax seal like he has for all of my correspondence. <laughs> all that you do, all those letters that mm-hmm. you send. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll, we'll design that. <laughs> we'll design. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, a pup named Chris, Crest. I'm, I'm sure my landlord wouldn't find it uh, pretentious at all if I started submitting rent checks sealed with my wax seal. In your building? She'd just be happy to get the rent check. <laughs> so that's true. Let's let's, let's be true. real about it. Uh, there's also a picture in uh, in the case that uh, she opens that has a picture of the Mystery Incorporated gang, the original Mystery Inc. that yeah, we saw look, before. Similar to the um, the yearbook photo, yes, but, but it's, it's the a whole group gang. shot. Yeah, and uh, Professor Pericles, the parrot, is circled. Caca, caca, crack an egg on it, and that's how we end the episode. Uh, what does it all mean? Who knows? What do you think it means, Chris? I think it means another successful episode of the Mystery Machine Diaries. Jeez. And uh, on that fun note, um, we do rate these episodes, by the way. We do. If you're still with us. Uh, on a pause scale. So if you couldn't tell, this was not either of ours' favorites It's episode. true. It's true, guys. Uh, I'm not a Renfair fan or a Pirate fan, so eh. And gnomes are just meh for me. Yeah. I appreciate the uh, the character building in the episode, but the overall yeah. But even the character building wasn't that. It kind of went backwards a little bit. A little bit, yeah, I agree. We didn't get any overarching plot points. Like we, Mr. E was there, but he was just helping with the current issue. He didn't. I guess he gave us a photo with Professor Pericles circled, but yeah. we didn't get anything other than that from him. And we um, didn't even get a real. Uh, we got mayor like, quote. He didn't say oh no, there fun, was there was there? one, uh, and I meant to write it down. I do not remember though, unfortunately. Um, we'll post it on not the my, Facebook. Not my favorite, not my favorite mayor quote. So, even. how uh, many uh, paws are we giving this? Um, I'm gonna, I'm only giving this one paw, honestly. Wow. Yeah, I was, I was, I was a little, little bored with this episode. Uh, it had like a lot of the pieces that I like. Like, it had a decent mystery, right. even though the villain wasn't my favorite villain. It had a different, mi- decent mystery. You like that when, him, it, when you can't tell them. who it is. I do like that, typically, yeah. Um, it had, it didn't have a lot of great references. I guess we had the Ben and Jen at the beginning. I, I think it, the cardinal sin of being boring. Yeah, yeah, I think that's that's exactly what it is. So I like Renfairs, I like Pirates. But I thought the dynamic between the pirates and the Renfair folks could have been more pronounced. Like, if they were going to make that a basis of the episode where um, King Grumpy Pants is upset that pirates are coming in and there's this financial issue. Yeah, they could have set each other against 
up. We're also really more. digging deep into a children's television show. Well, sure. But, but we, we've, come, the, we've come to have high standards of it. You know, if I can't criticize children's television, what can I criticize? We do get Scooby-Doo in a beard, though. Scooby-Doo looks super cute in his pirate outfit. And I'm giving this episode two paws. Two paws. That's two paws. I'm being extra critical. It had a few redeeming things, but yeah, it's not my favorite. And and if you like it, if it's one of your favorites, you guys let Tell us, us know. Tell us why we're yeah. wrong. Yeah. Say what you liked about it and why you think it was a good episode. And once again, a bad episode of Scooby-Doo Mystery Incorporated is at the top ladder of any other TV show's that's best true. episode. So we are nitpicking, and that's what we do here in the show. Um. And if anyone wants to show us your uh, Scooby-Doo as a pirate cosplay <laughs> or wants to Scooby-Doo cosplay together at a Ren Fair, let us know. Or let me know. I don't know if Brad's into it, but I'll go. Oh, we can head up to Cassidy Fruitas. Jeepers. Yeah, maybe. Stop drinking, Chris. <laughs> um, but yeah, two paws for me, one paw from Chris and a confused look from producer Daniel. So uh, that is going to wrap. We're going to get back in the van that still has candy in it because no one took us up on the offer to get it. So we're just going to take the candy and go, and I'm going to eat it myself. We're just going to sleep on this one. We're going to sleep on this one. Uh, Until next time, as always, I am your ghost host, Brad, joined by a pup named Chris and our producer, Daniel. Thanks for coming, everyone. (laughs) Thanks for joining us. Uh, May the gnome be with you. And Not we'll my best either. So and, and we'll see you next oh, time. Bye, guys. Unpleasant dreams.